Would you do me a huge favor just in the excitement and the expression of the moment and help us to welcome all of those who are logged in online with us live on Facebook through our website right now. We thank you for taking the time out of your morning to log in live with us. You can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. I'm just going to give you one scripture. We'll recap a little bit and dive into the message today. Matthew chapter 5, I just want to go to this one verse Verse 16, here's what it says. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I really, I want to read that one more time. And I want you to read it with me. And I want you to let this like jump off of the page and into your heart. That it would be a conviction that you would carry. In this season of life. And not just in this season. But for the rest of your life. Let's read it together. Look at it with me. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify your father in heaven. Now I don't do that often. But this scripture. Is so important. For what God's called us to. That he subjected himself. To this scripture. God subjected his glory to whether men and women would be obedient to this scripture. That God's glory in heaven is subject to our good works on earth. In the very beginning, God subjected his glory to man's obedience. And when man was disobedient, God's glory suffered. But praise God that just because One man's sin caused all the world to be evil. Jesus came down and because of one man's obedience, the whole world was brought back into redemption. We have that opportunity through him to accomplish even more than good. We have the opportunity to accomplish glory. Last week we talked about going from glory to glory. We're going to dig in a little deeper into this scripture today. We're going to talk a little bit more practically. Last week, I had a lot of fun with glory. I had Pastor John up on the keyboard, and he was playing around with me, and we were doing some kind of old school meets new school meets. I don't know how to make it cool, but we were trying anyways, and we just went with it to the best of our ability, and it was very spiritual, and it was very uplifting, and it was very encouraging, and we had that moment, and then we woke up on Monday. (laughs) And Pastor John wasn't on the keyboard. I mean, that would be cool. Like, you know, if I woke up, he was right there to serenade, Jesus, we love you. That's what I'm talking about. There you are, PJ, coming through in the clutch. Ain't even had my coffee yet. He's worshiping for me. The problem is, is that nobody's going to be around to worship for you Monday through Saturday. So you're going to have to learn how to do it in and through Jesus and Jesus alone by the power of his spirit. We're talking about glory to. We're going to settle in on the two today a little bit more. I want to talk to you this morning about living life unveiled. Life unveiled. See, a lot of people, if we're not careful, we confuse the emotion for the experience. And if we don't feel the right emotion, then we think that there's something wrong with the experience. But how many of you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's not limited by our emotion? 
God's not waiting to move again. He's waiting for us to move into what he's already trying to do. He's waiting for us to get to the place where he already is. So a lot of people confuse hype for holiness. Like if it's attractive, surely then Jesus is in it. <laughs> Guys, don't go by that principle, okay? Like you can fix attractive. Like if you got enough money, you can fix attractive. Like you can fix a nose, you can fix a, a forehead, you can fix, I mean, some extensions. You can fix attractive. You can't fix crazy. I'm telling you right now, okay? You can't fix that. This is for somebody. When you're pursuing the spouse that God has for you, if she crazy, take a step back. Let Jesus deal with that. Maybe he'll bring you guys back together again. You can't confuse hype for holiness. Listen, you can't confuse feeling and faith. A lot of people think that just because the feeling fades that there's something wrong with their faith. There's nothing wrong with your faith. It's not until the feeling fades that the faith begins to kick in. Where heaven looks down and say, okay, now that you're not in the midst of everybody else, now that the atmosphere is not conducive for you to connect to Jesus, will you become part of the 80 percentile teenagers or will you stay on the wagon and continue to ride the train after Jesus? Will you fall off or will you stay on? When the feeling is not there, that's when you dig in. That's when you're forming roots in your relationship with Jesus that no enemy can come up against and the world can never rip out. Because if they're deep enough, the world can't get to it because the world doesn't like to go deep. They're shallow. They like to stay on the surface level. But if you'll let Jesus dig some roots for a place that they don't have a shovel, then you will live life unveiled. See, Moses had to come down from the mountain. The mountain was great. The glory of God passed before him. He was hidden in the cleft of the rock. But he heard a sound in the camp. The sound in the camp wasn't where the glory was. He was the glory that had to go down on behalf of the Father. We don't get to just stay on the mountaintop all the time. We can't just live in revival every day. It's when you have to settle into life that you get to see where you really stand with Jesus. When everybody around you has their hands lifted in the air, it's easy to join in because the hype is there. But I wonder if you still have your hand raised on Monday and Tuesday because your hand is raised in holiness when the hype has faded. Are you with me this morning? See, I love camp. I love revival. I longed for it. I thrived in it. But you can't live from camp to camp. You can't live from revival to revival. You can't live from service to service. You live day to day. And everything that you do and accomplish represents where you stand. Moses had to come down off the mountain. This generation is familiar with something that, that formerly had never existed before. How many of you have ever taken... What is referred to as a selfie. Selfie. Bunch of liars. Raise your hand. You take selfies. Take selfies. See, about, about two years ago, uh, two years ago, um, the selfies, the number of selfies went from like 35 million. Like seven years ago, we didn't take selfies. 
Okay, when I was a kid, we didn't take selfies. We took Polaroids. You remember that thing? Like, and by the time you get it dry, your face looks like this. Because you've been pulling on that thing, trying to make it come out faster. Now you just, right? It went from just a couple of years ago, 35 million people in one year, 35 million people took a selfie. That same year, about seven months later, 170 million people took selfies. Now, here's the cool thing about selfies is that you can filter them however you want to, right? They're not like the yearbook picture, okay? You remember yearbook day, like your mom parted your hair on the wrong side and just put all kinds of hairspray in your face trying to make it do things it's not supposed to do. You got like the girls are wearing makeup for the first time and, and they're trying to put it on themselves. And, and if you couldn't wear makeup, then you hid it in your purse until you got to school and you started putting makeup on. Not thinking, I'm going to take a picture. My mom's going to see. The makeup's going to be on. <laughs> but, and you get one shot, right? You're standing in line. And you're like, all right. You're like counting the takes from the person. Like one, two, three. Oh my gosh, she clicked on two and a half. What if she does that to me? What if I'm like half smile on my way? Okay, I'll get ready on one. What if I can't hold it that long? What if I was like, I can't hold my smile long enough? Maybe she'll do it on three every time. I said, ma'am, could you get a, could you just like, could you count it out for me and just make it like right on time? That way I'll know when to hold my, and how to hold my, and you get up there and they're like, okay, put your right arm up on the book. You're like, well, I don't know white books okay now now put your hand underneath your chin okay now stand okay now pull your legs just a little bit okay that was good good next 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 person in line like whoa I, I don't think I was smiling it's okay it'll be cute you look so pretty next you know just one after another and it's not like today where you like get to take home the proof like you're waiting anxiously for this thing that people are going to be looking at 30 years from now it's not like your driver's license photo. Like, you can go retake it every few years. And we were taking, we moved here, and we changing our driver's license. I was taking the picture, and I was standing there, and I was going. <laughs> and Megan's behind the camera going, what are you doing? I'm like, they're not getting me. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look like an inmate in this picture. I'm going to look like the joy of the Lord. And I'll show you my license picture. I should have probably, if I were like really th thought ahead, I would have put it on the screen. But that's my picture. I'll show it to anybody. I don't care. I got the joy of Jesus in my heart. The day that I got to move back to the homeland. Come on, somebody. Go Tigers. All right. Now, we are a selfie-obsessed society. We work really hard on filtering that picture so that it says exactly what we want it to say, and it shows only what we want it to show. We are getting used to being able to filter our lives so that people only get to see what we want them to see. Like all these guys on Instagram, right? They spend half their workout setting up their camera. You know what I mean? Like getting ready to show you that one lift. They missed it 17 times and they had to edit 24 minutes of video. But they got that one four second clip. And they didn't show the bar landing on their head and everybody laughing at them in the background. They didn't show the warm up where they came in the gym. They're like, oh man. 
oh, I'm stuck. Come here. Hey, you got something? They don't show you all the preparation or all the effort, all the hours, all the sweat that goes into that moment. They just show you the moment. And we have become obsessed with moments. The more filtered our lives become, the less authentic we are. Modernization is changing relationships. Some for the good. It's not all evil. Technology is not evil. What we do with it can be evil. But it can also bring more glory than anything has ever brought. Did you know that more people are coming to Jesus at a higher rate today than they have ever before? Because of modern technology. Just because it has an evil origin or we use it to do evil does not mean that that thing is evil. But because of modernization and because of technology, people are starting to fear and avoid unfiltered communication. Like if I can't control it, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. Did you, I know students in our ministry in the past, they would not answer the phone. And then they would text me back. Hey, sorry, what'd you need? I need you to answer the phone. I didn't call you so you could text me. I want to talk to you, boy. I mean, that's my, my intention is for you to hit answer. And I would text that. I need you to answer the phone when I text you. Are you scared to talk to me? Because we, we know that a telephone conversation is unfilled. Now, Domino's is making it worse. Like, all you got to do is send Domino's a pizza emoji. And then write the topping. Boom. Bing, bong. Like, hey, hallelujah. You go to a real person at the door and you're like this, right? You take the pizza and you turn around and go back in. Because we don't know how to have unfiltered communication. Listen, we cannot let modern technology, we can't let social media ruin and steal and rob our authenticity and our ability to communicate authentically, realistically, and sometimes unfiltered. We're accustomed to being able to edit what we say and, and filter what we show and, and when we show it. We're creating online personalities that are often way different from who we really are. Let me say that again. We're creating these personalities online that's really just a cover for what we're really dealing with. Or... We expose way too much on Facebook. We put way too... Nobody cares how many times you went to the bathroom that day, okay? That is not internet appropriate. That is not something that the world needs to see. Every time you stump your toe, if you try to call on every prayer warrior that you know and ask them to tag you on Facebook, when something important really happens, you're not going to have anybody left to run to. You don't have to vomit your every moment on social media. We can't be afraid of having a real conversation in real time that doesn't have to be edited. We can't avoid phone calls. I saw a, a, an Instagram post just the other day. It was a meme, and it said, 
Um, I'm sorry I didn't answer my phone when you called. That's not what I use my phone for. <laughs> because they were on Instagram. That's all, that's all we do. I need a phone. I need a phone. I need a phone. For what? Well, I mean, I need Instagram and Snapchat. And I need to catch up on my, you know, burn all my data and, you know, make my daddy mad and watch things and listen to things. Because I don't know how to just be around people and enjoy the presence of the things that I was created to be. I got to live in a fantasy land all the time or I'm unfulfilled. Listen, that's not just a modern day problem. We read this passage last week. I'm going to revisit it this week. Second Corinthians chapter three. It refers to Exodus 34 when when Moses was on Mount Sinai. He had received the Ten Commandments. He had seen the glory of God. The glory of God was so powerful that it made his face shine like the sun. And Moses put a veil on. Moses put a veil over his face. I always assumed that Moses had put that veil on because he was trying to protect the people. But this passage in 2 Corinthians, written by the Apostle Paul, implies something else. This passage, as you will see, implies that Moses did not put the veil on to protect the people, but to cover the fact that the glory of God in his life was fading. Remove the veil, church. We can't hide from the world. We can't avoid what they need to see, which is authenticity. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 13. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. What was passing away? The glory of God. The glory of God on his face was passing away. So he put on a veil to try to cover up the fact that he was losing where he had been. Verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the scripture or the Old Testament. Because the veil has been taken away but in Christ. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on the heart. Underline that. If you have a pen, highlight it. If you have a phone or a tablet or anything else, a veil lies on their heart. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When we turn to Jesus, the veil is taken away. We have to live life unveiled because that is the representation that we have turned to Christ and the veil has been removed. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with, watch this, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to Glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want you to ask yourself this question today. What veil are you wearing? What veil am I wearing? In what area? What am I trying to cover? What am I trying to conceal? Where do I need to be more open? Is it something spiritual? Is it an issue of sin? Teenager, is it? 
on that device when nobody else is around? Mom, is it the tears after everybody else is laid down? Dad, is it the front of testosterone, masculinity that we put on because we were told that we were supposed to be tough when the scripture says that we were supposed to be delicate in the Lord and he'd give us the desires of our heart? What veil am I wearing today because of life circumstances? When I look like I have it together, but I'm actually overwhelmed. When I put on the front of freedom, but I'm actually carrying the condemnation of guilt and even sorrow because of things that I had no control over. I may have a cup from Cajun Fitness, but it's filled with bluebell. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm putting online. Cajun Fitness. Yeah. Bluebell in the background, empty carton, milk all over the countertop. The spoon has already been used to stir. All you got to do is drink that joy down to the bottom of your belly. It's really reprocessed grass, if you think about it. It's not that, not that harmful. It's like a vegetable in its greatest form. What about that obligatory anniversary picture when everything's not actually going as well, but you know that that day is the day that you're supposed to celebrate your spouse? And you may not celebrate them in person, but you certainly want everybody else to think and know that everything in our home is covered We spend our day thinking of of what post we can make or what moment we can capture and create on social media. And instead of creating memories with our loved ones, we only create moments for likes. And when we don't get enough of the likes, we're left empty. So Chris, you're telling me that you're always honest and you share everything with everybody on social media? No. Stop it. But the reason that a lot of people share everything on social media is because they're lonely and it's the place that they turn to try to find that fulfillment. Facebook can't feel you, sweetheart. That picture that you send on Snapchat, it disappears faster than the fulfillment that you'll get for sending it. Social media doesn't have the answer. Our society doesn't have the answer. I'm honest, but no, I don't show everything on Facebook. I try to be authentic. I try not to say everything that I want to say, but only the things I'm supposed to say. I share those things with my filter. I mean, wife. (laughs) And I ask her before I post this, hey, is this okay? Sometimes I'll go live and have to delete the video because I didn't run it by the filter. We'll talk about it later, and I'll realize that God gave her intuition that I don't have, and he gave her to me for a reason. I have my social media linked together. I have Instagram linked to Facebook and Twitter. You've heard this before, but I call it Insta-Twit-Face. You can put all that stuff together. 
You know, two weeks ago, I made this glory to glory post. I found the picture and I, I shot it around. I, I, I mean, I was yelling at Gabriel and another person was sick. I was tired from trying to keep up with all of my workout buddies and most of them are camping this morning. <laughs> Got you. Um, and so I'm just worn out from life. My, my, my wife may want to watch a chick flick, but you need to know that tomorrow the glory is coming. So I posted it on social media. I don't have to show everyone everything, but I do need someone who knows me. Listen, be honest. Don't vomit. Just be authentic. You know, we could apply this to sharing the gospel, sharing our story. Everybody thinks that they have to share their story and like have that emotional moment, you know. Like, I was addicted to drugs and sex and alcohol, and, and I was running the roads, and, and I, but I gave all that up because I meant gl- What'd you give up? God gave up. God gave the only son that he had because you just broke one law. Just one. Well, I'm not that bad of a person. Nobody said you were. But the human heart is deceitfully wicked. And the scripture says that when we break one, we're guilty of them all. But he, but he came and he lived the life that we could have never lived. So be honest and authentic, but don't vomit. Don't spew it when you could just say it. (laughs) Not being real and totally authentic with anyone. Vulnerable. As God meant for us to be. Did you know that that's what Psalm 37, 4 means? Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desire. That word delight, it means to soften. To make yourself delicate. Not to harden yourself and put up some front where you only show people what you want them to see. But to be authentic. Did you know that the millennials are starving for authenticity? Because they're sick of the stinking show. Because if the show would have won them, oh wait, it did. That's why they'll pay more money to go to a show. But we can roll out the red carpet on Sunday for free. And we can't get them to brush our doors. Because they don't care about the show any longer. They want to see authenticity and substance in the heart of the people that claim that they believe the word of God. We have got to stop taking our liberty for granted. And start living it out in the love of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. Verse 15 of that passage, it says, even to this day, I had you highlighted. I wanted to hone in on it. It says, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. In this passage, the veil that first covered the face of Moses eventually covered the heart of the people. When you try to shield yourself from authenticity, when you have no one in your life that you're honest and open and real with, when you only know how to live life behind the veil, the veil that first covered the face eventually covers the heart. It went from a superficial covering of the face to a spiritual condition. And now... What was supposed to be light is dark. We can't see God. 
We can't communicate with others. We don't even know who we are anymore. My second question this morning is, does anyone know the real you? Is there anybody in your life that you're completely open and authentic with? Did you know that 97% of addicts relapse if they don't have consistent accountability? And that's anything from alcohol to heroin, heroin to pornography. Do you know why we have a generation of young people that can't get free? Because they're more afraid of your accountability and how you're going to react. Because the last time that they shared openly, they left more condemned than they did changed. We've got to love people where they are and be more interested in ministering to them than we are holding them accountable. Because if they're not listening to Jesus, they're not going to listen to us. We have to remove the veil and remember that the only reason that we're in glory is because of His grace. And if it weren't for His grace, we wouldn't even know what His glory was, much less have ever experienced before. What we're creating is a generation that doesn't know how to open up because they've tried it before, and opening up suffocated them more than staying closed. I'm afraid to show you the real me, the, the who I am, because... Hashtag, you may not like it. You may not like what you see. You, you may not like who I really am. So it's easier for me to conceal it than for me to reveal it. I'm so used to showing you the facade and the fake that I don't know how to show you who I really am. I may not even know who I really am. Pastor John, would you come? I only show you the me that I want you to see. Jesus called this hypocrisy. And it has infiltrated the American church and affected the generation that could have been. But it's not too late. It's not too late to change, to turn. Instead of living for likes, we can long for the love of Jesus Christ. We can impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. People want to know what He's really done in you. Tell His story of your life. Not everything that you gave up, but what He gave up. Not everything that you are, but everything that if it weren't for Him, you would have ended up being. Here's some practical suggestions. Just be yourself. Stop being fake. Just be real. Maybe some of you, you need to take a break from social media. Because you spend more time looking at how many people have liked you than you've spent in the love of Jesus in the last year. We spend more time on social media than we do in prayer with Him. Maybe we need to set that thing to the side for a little while. Be yourself. Take a break if you need to. Don't use filters. 
if nobody gets to see the real you, Megan sells makeup, Facebook, online, has parties, hosts parties. I love it when she takes a picture of like the before and the after. Like, I'm not afraid to show you the real me. And then here's what you get if you invest a little bit in the real you. We can't be afraid to show people who we really are. We can't be afraid to be ourselves. We can't be afraid to communicate. Why do we talk to everybody else except for the person that we have a problem with? Because we're fake. Because we don't know how to be real. We're afraid of conflict because we don't know how to communicate authentically and graciously through it. So it's easier to avoid than it is to deal with. The only problem is if you sweep enough underneath that rug, it's going to trip you and everybody in your house. Be real. Here's a spiritual absolute. Only Jesus, only Christ can remove the veil. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3, 16. Yeah, you had a veil to this day. The veil that was meant for your face has covered your heart and you had a veil. Moses messed you up because he covered himself instead of being open. And because of his covering, because of the covering of the generation before you, you have an issue in your heart. But today is the day that you can turn back to Jesus and live life unveiled. Because whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I'm telling you to turn to Jesus. Turn from the darkness back into the light. Turn from the shame back into the salvation. Turn from the mourning back into the joy turn from the guilt back into the grace from the bondage back into the freedom from the fake to the faithful I broke from broken to whole and bitterness to forgiveness I can live my life the way that Jesus created me to live it whenever I turn to him I don't have to be held back by my own weaknesses because my weakness is perfected in his strength and I connect with people and we all understand that we're just a bunch of weak lost sheep that the shepherd came down and found with a staff and what was lost is now found in Jesus name when the veil is removed from my life I just get to be real you know why people are coming here because of the life that he has to offer. The authenticity. I love the show. I love to have church. I love those. I love revivals. I love camp. I like, I drove up to camp like two nights just because I had the excuse of, of hey, my worship pastor's there. I get to come. That gummit. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna play your guitar with you tonight. He's like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I love that. I love the hype. But the hype does not affect my holiness. And when it's just me and Jesus and there's no music, there's no sound, and there's nobody else around, that's got to be enough too. You can't live for Jesus through your spouse. You need to stop putting that pressure on them. 
You can't live for Jesus through the church. You need to stop holding it accountable. You live for Jesus through Jesus. And when you connect to Jesus, you'll be more than a statistic. You won't fall off the wagon. You won't drift away. Because the veil was removed. And you saw clearly for the very first time. I become secure in Christ. And my identity is not in your likes on social media. It's in his love. I'm focused on following him and I'm not worried about who's following me on Instagram. I just fix my eyes on Jesus and know that I'm chosen by God, filled with his spirit. And his righteousness is available to me in wherever the veil was trying to cover. I'm not living for the applause of men, but from the approval of my daddy. Verse 17, where the spirit of the Lord is. Freedom. Freedom for what? Freedom to be real, authentic, and loved anyways. How incredible is that? Verse 18, and we all, no matter where you are in this walk, we all, no matter how long you've been to this church or that church or where you used to go or what used to happen, no matter how evil you were yesterday or how bad you jacked up Something that you think God can't redeem. I'm telling you, what you think you messed up, He is perfectly able to make up. And He will take you further and into more. And nothing will be left out. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory we're being transformed into the same image from glory to, even when we don't like it, to, even when someone's ugly, to, when everything feels like it's falling apart and Jesus doesn't hear my prayers, to, when the hype and the high begins to fade a little bit to glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's how we live. Would you bow your head and close, my, close your eyes? I'll close my eyes too. Would you close your eyes? Don't close my eyes. That would hurt me. You might poke me. I wouldn't be able to see. What a sweet moment you have today. An opportunity. Have you turned to Jesus? Have you turned to him? Does he have your life today? We're going to pray a prayer in just a minute. You can fill out a card and let us know. We'd love to know if you just take the time. 
But what's even more important is that you're able to confess it and that you leave here today and you know where you stand with him. Have you turned to him or do you need to turn to him? If there's anybody in here today that would just admit, I need to turn to Jesus for the first time or for the first time in a long time, doesn't really matter to me. Doesn't matter if you've done it before, if you're not doing it now. Do you need to turn to Jesus? Whether you're drifting or whether you've never been a part of his kingdom, you've never known him. If you would just say, Pastor, that's me. I want to be included in this prayer. Would you just lift your hand right where you are? That's me. That's me. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I see. Listen, if you nobody else looking around, but if you just raised your hand, would you look up at me? Would you look up at me? I see you. And he does too. I'm supposed to stop and tell you that, okay? I know that's a little uncomfortable. But Jesus loves you. You hear me? He loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. He saw you every time. And every tear that you cried is sowing. You're planting something that God has coming for you. You're going to be okay. Will you turn to him today? He loves you. He cares about you. He just stopped everything to make sure that you know. Okay? God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I need to turn to Jesus. I see you, brother. I see you. Let me ask a second question today. If you know that you've been living life with a veil on, and today you need to say, I want to take that thing off and just be real and authentic. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Come on, come on, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't lie to yourself. That's me. I need to remove the veil from my life. I need to be real. I need to be authentic. This message has convicted me today. And I want to live in more honesty and authenticity than I was last week. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Come on. Just let me include you in a prayer. I'm not going to make you come up. I'm not going to do anything to you. I just want you to be able to confess it so that you can leave here in freedom. As our in-house pastor and preacher said a minute ago, you just, by lifting your hand, you take that thing and you throw it at the feet of Jesus. You're saying, I was veiled and I was I was." was covering something in my life but from now on I'm going to take that thing I'm going to throw it at the feet of Jesus because I want him to see it because where there is light there is no darkness and the enemy can't operate come on is that you you would just say that's me that's me that's me anybody else thank you I see you I see you church would you stand with me today Church, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you raise your hand, I want you to pray this with all of your heart. It doesn't have to be perfect. Your weakness is perfected in his strength. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be authentic. Just make it real. Jesus, forgive us for where we fall short. Forgive us for where we've tried to cover instead of being real. We're turning to you. I'm giving you my life. Because I know that your plan is better than mine. And you're going to help me 
to have a greater influence on everyone around me. My salvation is not just for me. It's for everyone that you've put in my life. Help me to live out my liberty. Even when the feeling fades, let my faith remain in you. In Jesus' name.